Hi, I'm Greg Yellen with Reynolds & Reynolds, and this is Connected. Uh, today's a great day. I get to sit down with Jose Mendoza. He's the general manager at San Leandro Honda in beautiful San Leandro, California, kind of the Bay Area, uh, Oakland area. Uh, Jose, thanks so much for, for hopping on. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So, Jose, I want to get into um, inventory management with you. Uh, really interested in, in used vehicles. We can go wherever you want. Uh, but before we get there, uh, do you mind sharing just a little bit about, about your background? You know, everybody's always got a unique story about how they got into uh, auto retail. And uh, and it seems like all of us, you know, a, a lot of us, I should say, never necessarily planned to be in auto retail. But once you're in, you, you just you love it so much, you don't want to do anything else. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. Um, I had actually applied to work in the uh, business office at the store that I first worked at. Uh, I met with the GM and he liked me. He went to go get the office manager for me to meet. And in between that, um, the general sales manager came out and, and really yelled at me, said, hey, why don't you want to sell cars? Um, and I was just terrified of this guy yelling at me. And, uh, I, I had just gotten married. I had uh, I had a baby. And I said, oh, yeah, I don't want to work on commission. That's not really something that interests me. But he he yelled at me and beat me up and um, convinced me to try it out and told me, you know, if it doesn't work, I'll get you a job in the business office. But for now, let's just try it out. And I've, I've been doing it ever since. And matter of fact, we're still friends. So um, it all worked out. So what do you think, if anything, was there something about uh, you that appealed to him? Like, did you have a conversation with him? Like when you walked in, did you talk to him? How did he how did he know to come in and, and kind of have that conversation that led to him pulling you into sales? I, I, I'm not positive, to tell you the <laughs> truth. It could have just been so the, the, the store that I applied at, it was new owner. Um, so they were a little short staffed. So I don't know if it was desperation. Or uh, if he just saw something, you know, young guy would probably do well selling cars. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, uh, he always laughs that that he's just the best closer and ever, and and he just he just wanted to show that he could. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but it, you know, I, that was twenty four years ago, so he was right. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. So, uh, thinking about that, twenty-four years later, <clears throat> right? Obviously, over over that that course of time, you've hired plenty of new salespeople. I'm sure. Um, what do you look for in, in a salesperson? You know, so maybe <clears throat> not sure what what he saw in you, but it was something that that was he had a gut feeling, right? And he was right. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that uh, you look for specifically uh, trying to pull in a new new salesperson into the store? Um, I, I think you're always looking at the overall picture um, of uh, you know, how they speak, how they present themselves. Um, but I think the, for me, the biggest thing is just a desire to want to do well, right? Um, a desire to want to grow, a desire to want to succeed. Um, and, and, you know, everybody says they want to succeed. Everybody says they want to do well. Um, but once they're put in that position, I think you really see the difference between people who say it and people who mean it. Um, and, and in an interview, it's, it's not always easy to see it, but I think that's kind of what you want, what you want to look for is, is someone yeah. who looks like they really, really have that desire to succeed. Yeah. How long does it usually take in your store to, um, for, for a, a new salesperson, uh, to kind of get up to speed, right? Cause you know, we, we hear a lot about turnover and it's hard to find good people. And, and these aren't stories, this is reality. Um, mm -hmm. but for you and your store, what is, um, what's kind of the timeline to get somebody up, up and running. And cause you, you know, it's one thing to see somebody that 
maybe has potential, right? And somebody that has a passion and a desire, but delivering results is, is something entirely different, right? So um, what's that timeline? What's that gap for you typically between, you know, newbie to, you know, getting that first one over the curb to kind of being up, up to speed? Yeah, we with my sales managers, I always kind of say, hey, anytime you're hiring somebody who's green, you really want to give them 90 days, right? I think it probably takes about uh, at least a month to kind of figure out what all this stuff is, because there's so many moving parts to what we do um, between learning the cars and learning the paperwork and learning all the software that's that's integrated into everything that we do now. There's a lot of learning. Um, so that first 30 days is kind of just figuring out all these moving, what these moving parts are, right? Not necessarily know how to use them great, but knowing what they are. Um, and then that second month is kind of taking that knowledge and putting it with getting customers and kind of putting those two together. And I think the third month is really where you see is, you know, is this person figuring it out? Are they able to do it? Are they able to put all those pieces together um, and, and and really succeed and, and, you know, maybe not be the best they're ever going to be, of course. Um, yeah. But you could see, hey, they've got it. They're figuring it out. They're learning. They're growing and, and um, they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, that's great. Now, do you hire separately new and used or does everybody sell everything? Uh, no, we have we have everybody together in one. Okay. All right. So yeah, salesperson can sell new or used. What, so for you, what is uh, kind of your new to use ratio? What are you selling um, new? What are you selling used a month? Uh, we're about two to one. Two to one new? Two to one new to used. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'd right. like, um, when I first got here, it was, it was uh, weighted a lot more towards new, um, but we've gotten, we've gotten a lot better and we're bringing up um, used and doing a lot better now used. And I mean, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Honda was, one of the slowest to catch up with inventory as, a, as yep. compared to all the other manufacturers. So part of it was necessity, right? If you if you only have 10, 20 new cars, you you have yeah. to find somewhere else to, to make the money to pay the bills, right? Um, yep. But the, all the salespeople have really taken to it and, and are doing pretty well. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. So when, when you think about that, um, and, and I'm always curious, right? Because with a new vehicle, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways to make money on that new car, right? But with, with a new vehicle, the, when you boil it down, the reality is you don't have a ton of control over the margin, certainly on the transaction, right? Oh, yeah. Because the, the price you pay for, it's going to be set by the manufacturer. It's going to be dictated by a lot of different factors, right? Whether that's, um, <clears throat> you know, manufacturing costs, labor, um, when you, when you look at suppliers, you look at raw materials costs, there's a lot of things that go into the cost of the vehicle, Right. And the price you can sell it for is really going to, I mean, there's obviously an MSRP, but ultimately it's going to be dictated by the market. So mm -hmm. the, the manufacturer is going to control <clears throat> essentially what you pay for it. Um, and the market's going to control what you can sell it for. And, and the difference is what you get to keep in your pocket. Um, yeah. So I, I've always, I've always been interested in the different thought processes, processes around, you know, the new vehicle. Um, obviously it's a lot more restricted in, in, you know, how many people can sell a new car in, in the U.S. or in any given market. So when you look at used, you know, there's a lot of used vehicle dealers, I'm sure, really close to you, right? You're, yeah. you're the only Honda dealer within, I'm not sure what the mile radius is, but a, a decent distance, right, where you have a captive market. Um, but with used, you have more control over over your margin, right? You decide, ultimately, what you're going to pay for that vehicle. Um, you know, you can you can hold on to it a little bit, potentially, to, to 
uh, extend your margin to grow your margin. Um, you can you can decide how much you put into that vehicle and recon. There, there's a lot of different decisions that can impact the margin on that vehicle. So a really long-winded way to get to a question of, um, you know, what is it about that new vehicle? And this is probably a stupid question, so you can tell me that and you can <laughs> we can brush it out of the table. But what is it about that new vehicle that is so appealing um, that we would sell, you know, I don't know what your numbers were at Prime, but you said you're at two to one now. So let's say you're at three to one, four to one, five to one, um, new to used. Uh, why? Well, why, why not a stronger focus on used vehicles, uh, given that you have more control over the profitability? So I, it's not necessarily that the, there wasn't the focus. Um, I think it's more this market that we're in, um, we're, we're coming out of, I guess now, sure. right? Because yeah. uh, the inventory levels are really, really starting to pick up. Um, but they're just, it, it wasn't hard to sell new cars. It was You're unbelievably right. easy. Um, and a lot of the salespeople that we, that we brought on during these last few years, like we're, we're trying to tell them, Hey, you weren't in the real car business. Like you were, <laughs> you were kind of in wonderland and, and things are changing and you better get ready. Um, cause you know, people came in and they said, I want a civic and you say, okay, we have two civics. Do you want the white one or the black one? I mean, that's what it came down to. So there wasn't a lot of salesmanship to it. Right. Um, it was pretty much just here it is. This is what we have, right? If you don't like it, yeah, there's a Honda dealer 10 miles down the road, but they only have two, two. And they have a red one yeah. and a blue one. So do you want white, <laughs> white, red, blue? What do you want? Um, and, and yeah, it, and it wasn't hard, right? And that kind of changed the way that people, that a lot of the salespeople saw used cars, right? Is, you know, with, with used cars, there's a lot more, this is why this car has this many miles. This is... You know, this is this is the work that we did to it. It, it, it almost became harder to sell used cars in that market um, than it did to sell new cars because it was it was just so easy. Um, where in a regular market, it's completely the opposite, right? You have you have you know forty accords on your lot, and the dealer next door has forty accords on the lot. And the dealer after that has forty accords on their lot. You really, really have to sell. You have to sell yourself. You have to sell the car. You have to sell the dealership, and you have to sell why this is the place to do it. Um, and now that we're heading back that way, I, I think it's it's definitely going to change. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think used cars are going to get, in a lot of ways, easier to sell than than new cars because you're not going to have that direct competition, right? Because you're not even if this place down the street has a similar Civic, right? Same amount of right. miles, same year, same equipment. Um, you can go down and you can look at the condition of it. You can look at the condition of mine and we can tell you, hey, you don't mind a CPO'd as opposed to that used car lot, which doesn't CPO it. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's gonna, I think it'll flip um, as long as inventory levels stay where they are. And I think you'll you'll see kind of a leveling out of that difference between between new and used. Yeah. Um, and especially as more new cars come out into the market, you're going to have more used cars in the secondary market, right? Because that was the other thing. There wasn't used cars, right? So even That's if true. you wanted to build, build up your inventory and you wanted to go hard, you were competing with, with these, you know, the really, really large public um, uh, dealer groups, right? The Auto Nations, the Lithias, um, and you were also competing with rental car companies because they didn't have cars either. So yep. You know, uh, you know, enterprise or Hertz, they don't care what they pay for the car because 
they're just going to rent it out for a year or two years and they'll make up their money. Yep. Um, so, so I, I think it was, it, it was just difficult to get used cars. It was difficult to sell used cars. Um, and it's, and I, I definitely think it's gonna, you're, you're going to see a little bit of a flip to that now that inventory levels, uh, at least for Honda are really, really starting to level out. Yeah. So <clears throat> thinking about that and going forward and things kind of shifting back to maybe some some ways that they were in the past. Um, you've been around for a while, right? You have a lot of experience. You've seen ups and downs being in the industry as long as you have. Um, so what do you think are some things that are important to remember or dust off or, you know, maybe some things that we may have forgotten about used vehicles specifically in inventory management, whether that be in the appraisal process or in the recon process, is there anything that stands out to you? Um, or even maybe something as simple as, you know, for, for your dealership, as an example, you know, do you have a hard turn? Are you looking at, at cars and after, you know, 30, they get marked down after 60, they go to auction? Like, do you, do you look at that? Or, or what's your philosophy on used cars? Are you, um, you know, kind of volume based or, or velocity based where you're trying to get as many through as possible or are you, you margin based where you're trying to you know maximize and you'll hold on to a car for a little time um so maybe just some tactical things like that as we look forward into you know a potential resurgence of the importance or ease of selling used cars um you know what are some things to remember or maybe best practices that that you have um i i definitely am a believer in the volume based um it, it helps the whole store uh, used cars is really one of the, uh, is, is I think, uh, one of the, if not the most important department in the store, because you're helping, you're helping parts and service as you put all the cars through there. So the more cars you buy, um, the more cars you're putting through parts and service, the, the more money they're making. Um, it's touching finance because, you know, they're getting more opportunities to sell, uh, backend products. Um, and you know it's helping you. It's helping you because if you're selling a lot of used cars, you're taking in a lot of trades. Um, you can afford to step up on some on some trades in, in, that are coming in on new cars because you know, hey, we're we're moving them pretty quickly. We're putting them through service. Um, so you, I, I've always felt that you know volume is is definitely important. Not necessarily to say that you just want to give everything away and and right. just move it as quick as you can. You want to be strategic about it and you want to understand. Uh, each car and and what its value is and and where it is in the market, right? And you're definitely going to get some some gems that you really want to say, hey, let's be careful with this one. Let's let's hold this one a little bit tighter. Um, but on other ones that you know, hey, there's 40 of these going through the auction down in Southern California on Thursday. There's no reason to to treat this as if it was special. Um, and that's something that uh, my used car manager keeps a real close eye on and we'll have manager meetings weekly and he'll, he'll keep my sales managers kind of up, uh, uh, up to base on, on what's going on in the market. So he'll tell them, Hey, you know, there's been a ton of civics going through this week. So if you get anything on any of these civics, just take it. Don't worry about it. I can replace it pretty quickly. Um, or if something's getting a lot harder, you know, I, I haven't seen any odysseys in two weeks. So if you're going to take in an odyssey, don't be scared to pay a little bit more for it because they're not coming through. Um, and then as far as turn, I definitely, I, I, we definitely have a hard turn. Um, it's been a lot more important over the last year as the, as the used car market has started to come down and, you know, jump up and come down and jump up and come down and jump up. You never really know where the book is going and you don't want to be, uh, stuck with something, you know, 90 days, you know, hundred days from now that now you're way over book and, and 
not only are you priced outside of the market, but just getting somebody financed is, is hard to do because the book is so much lower than what you what you own it for. Um, yep. In my area, you have a lot of uh, lower middle class, you know, financially challenged people. So a lot of that you know, CD tier papers, it's called. Um, and you definitely want to have things that, that you're not fighting the book when you're trying to get it financed with the bank. Uh, so that hard turn is, is also real important for that, too. Yeah. <clears throat> what uh, what number of days do you put on it where you want it off your lot? Um, 90 days it has to be gone 90. for us. Yeah. At 60 days, we kind of look at each car and say, hey, you know, that th this is something that we can replace pretty quickly. Let's just price it to go, you know, get pretty aggressive. And we're adjusting as as it goes anyways um, from day one to, to day 59 um we're, we're pretty good at kind of keeping an eye at things and, and saying hey you know it's time to change this it's time to change that but once it gets to 60 days that's when you get when we tend to get significantly more aggressive and once it's going to come yeah. up on 90 now it's got to be gone so whether that's wholesaling it out um or or just pricing it to go uh, on the lot um which is always preferable right because right. then you have uh, finance having again the finance department having a crack to kind of get us out of it if it's if it's something that we're up underwater on um but we try we try to get it out there right around 60 days but once it's coming up towards 90 it's it's time to go on whatever it takes yeah yeah what are the key um key elements that you look at anything that might surprise folks that you look at as far as pricing so when you're adjusting pricing daily weekly whatever that that time frame is um you know obviously you're going to look at similar vehicles in the market you're going to look at, at different factors is there anything that you look at that that and not to give away secret sauce or anything but you know <laughs> anything that might surprise people um oh wow i hadn't really thought of that um i i think i think one of the big things is uh, looking at what you've done as a store, right? Because there's all the data out there to tell you, and, and everybody has the same data, right? Um, to to a certain extent, everybody's going on third-party vendor sites to see what they're priced at out there. Everybody's uh, looking at auction data. Everybody's looking at transaction data if you can get it, um, and seeing what everybody's doing. Um, so the only thing that 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 really is going to make it different for you is what you're selling them at. Right. Um, so I, I think you have to weigh that a little bit heavier than you do everything else. Right. It doesn't matter if the market says you can sell this car for thirty thousand dollars if the last three you've sold have been at twenty seven. Right. Um, because, you know, whatever whatever's going on, whatever little quirk there is in the market where you are, um, if, if that's what it's telling you, you're going to sell that car for and that's what you've sold the last three at. And that's that's what you have to be prepared to do. Um, and when we're yeah. when we're taking trades in, that's kind of what I tell my my sales managers is don't necessarily look at what you think you're going to buy it for. Look at what you're going to sell it for, um, and kind of work your way back from that. What does this car need? Does it need two thousand dollars in body work? Is you know are there lights on all across the dash? Because um, you're going to be selling it, and that's going to affect uh, your check. So where do you want to be in this car when when you take it in, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's good. That's good. What about, um, so I'm always curious and I think it, it's different market to market, but I, I wonder if in your market, um, are there certain features, whether that be color or whether it be a sunroof or fill in the blank, it could be a, any number of things, um, 
that affect price more than others, right? Or I guess affect value to the customer, to the consumer more than others. Are, are there certain features where, you know, maybe it's cooled seats. I, I don't know what they are, but um, certain ones where it seems like every vehicle that has that feature, you're going to get an extra 500 bucks. You're going to get an extra thousand bucks um, if it has it. Do you have any that stand out to you? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you you wouldn't think it, but all wheel drive for some reason is just significantly faster uh, selling on on SUVs in this market. I mean, this is a pretty urban market, right? We have, like I said, San Jose to the south. We have Oakland right next door. We have San Francisco across the street, um, and you got to drive for an hour and a half before you even see dirt lots. Right. Um, so so why people think, you know, I guess everybody around here just thinks, oh, I'm going to go up to Tahoe, go to the snow. Right. Um, I, I don't know. In, in my mind, it isn't worth the extra two thousand, three thousand dollars for an all wheel drive for the one time you go a year. It's not that hard to put on chains, but it, it's they go significantly quicker um, for us than than any front wheel drive version of the exact same car, same miles same color, same equipment, the all-wheel drive will always, for us, go significantly faster. Um, and colors, uh, for some reason, we do, Hondas around here do great in white. If we have, <laughs> and, and same thing on new, we could have you know half our inventory be white and we won't have any problems. Uh, <laughs> and before uh, working here, I worked at, at a Ford dealership and we were ordering there, it was the complete opposite, it was black. If I was ordering F-150s and I didn't know what color to get, I'd just order black and it would work. Yeah. We'd sell them. And, and when I first got to Honda and I and I started doing that, I noticed it was the complete opposite. And I'm like, am I seeing things or is this really here? And um, so, yeah, so it, 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 colors definitely have uh, a big effect on, on what's going on. Um, yeah. We have a lot of uh, immigrants in this area from, from Asia, from Latin America. Um, from India, and a lot of them like reds, uh, which in a lot of markets you don't really see, um, but not so much blue. We have we have blues, they tend to sit, and yeah. no one tends to want it. And so every once in a while we'll buy one at the auction, we'll be like, oh, maybe this one will be different, and it never is. So how do you how do you roll that data up? How do you track that to know? Because I mean, obviously, you're in the store every day, you see the car. Um, so you know, you, you can do you ever, I guess, really dig into it and back it up with data? Or is it experience, you know, and, and you've been, you know, I think you said 24 years in the business, you've been doing this a long time, like you, you know, what sells, right? You've been in the store for a long time. And, and you can get that gauge. But for somebody maybe that's new to a role or new to a market or new to a store, um, is there uh, a way that you use to kind of identify and measure those types of things? So if I want to know, right, with with numbers, with data, uh, because I don't have the experience in my store, I don't have the experience in my market, um, what's the best way to go and figure out, okay, what is the fastest moving color? Um, is there a simple report that you pull? Like, what's what's the best um, source for that type of data? Yeah, we, we have reports set up um, through our DMS, through through Reynolds and Reynolds, um, and through uh, AutoVision, which is what we use for our uh, used cars. Um, and, and we have reports set up in those. And it's something that that I think is is important to constantly be talking about and constantly right. be be going over um, with everybody, with with salespeople, with sales managers, with used car manager, and always talking about it, always bringing it up, always looking at it. Um, I think I think that's one of the biggest things is not just to take anything for granted because, like you said, if you have somebody who's brand new, 
um, coming into a position or maybe they've been doing it for 10, 15 years, but they're coming to our store as opposed to one 50 miles away. Um, that 50 miles, especially in this area, can be a completely different market. Um, yeah. So if, if you're constantly talking about it, constantly looking at reports, constantly looking at what's uh, selling from day to day, um, I think it makes it a lot easier to, to stay up to speed and, and get up to speed if you're somebody who's who's new. For example, we have a, a sales manager that, that joined us and he was working about, like I said, 50 miles away. Um, and it's a completely different market. And um, I, I'd say he's up here about two weeks. And he's like, you know, I, I knew it was going to be different. And um, I was kind of ready for, for kind of little quirks here and there. Um, but he's like, I didn't expect how different it was, right. uh, how much more um, people are looking at this type of car instead of that type of car, or how much credit is more of this and less of that, and how much you know employment is more of this and, and less of that. Um, so I, I think it's, again, it's really important to always be looking at it, always be talking about it, so that you don't have people who are kind of sitting back and being like, oh, my God, what's going on here, right? And, yeah. And a, a lot of times people tend to not want to look like they don't know, um, right? And I think that's all of us have a little a little bit of, you know, I don't want to look like I don't know. I don't want to look like I'm not ready for for this position or for, or for this challenge. Um, so if you're constantly talking about it, if you're constantly bringing it up, I think it makes it a lot easier for people to ask those questions um, when they're not fully up to speed on something or if they just don't get it, right? Yeah. If you're always talking about it, wh whether it be inventory or uh, training or whatever, I think it all kind of goes together. I think um, communication is, is, is super, super important. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So um, you mentioned how different the market can be in just 50 miles, right? And mm -hmm. um, I mean, you're in, you, you described it, right? In San Leandro, I mean, you're you're uh, in a pretty urban area, whether you go across the bridge over to San Francisco, whether you go, you know, just right there to Oakland or north or, or wherever you're heading. Um, there's a lot of people, right? Yeah. In, in a pretty short distance. Um, and it can take a long time to get you mentioned 50 miles, like depending on where you are in that 50 mile radius, it can take a long time to drive that. Mm -hmm. um, and what I'm getting at is I'm curious about, um, for you, are, are there, have you noticed dramatic differences in, uh, pricing vehicles and even buying vehicles depending on the market? Um, you know, I think about, uh, transporting vehicles, if, if there's something that you really want, or do you have on the flip side, do you have consumers that, um, are shopping, you know, price, right? And it's, let's say it is a used vehicle and I want, I want an Accord. I want it with under 30,000 miles. I want, you know, white, I want X, Y, Z. There's, you know, they got 10 things that they want in an Accord. Um, are, are you competing pr pretty hyper local or like how far out do you go when you compete to sell and also to buy, I guess is really the question. Okay. Um, I think, I think to buy, you can't, at least I've always looked at it, you can't really shoehorn yourself into one area. Um, yeah. You have to be ready to go wherever the cars are, right? Yeah. If you're gonna you're gonna have a strong used car department and you're in, you know, we wanna grow it. So if we wanna grow it, we gotta get cars wherever they are. Um, so if that's auctions here in the Bay Area, if that's auctions down in Southern California, if it's going out of state, Wherever it is, that that's where you have to go, right? And if it's and and you just have to make sure that that uh, all the numbers make sense, right? You yeah. you're gonna have to look at okay, what are my auction fees? 
what are my transport costs? What do I think I'm going to have to put into this car recon? Does it make sense to go to Washington to buy a truckload of cars? Um, because, you know, they're X amount cheaper than I'm going to get them here in California. Right. right. Um, or even farther. I mean, I've, I've had times where I've gone to Florida or I've gone to, to, to Iowa to get cars um, because, you know, they nobody was buying them there. And yeah. I could get them cheap enough and truck them. And it just made sense. I mean, that isn't the norm, of course. Usually it's going to be things here in California and that's going to be um, where I get most of my cars. Uh, but if it's if it's going somewhere else, then you have to go somewhere else. And I mean, I, I, I think we're lucky that California is so big. I mean, we yeah. have tons and tons of auctions here. So getting cars isn't all that difficult. But, you know, you do still have to look to see outside the market um, if, if it makes sense to go somewhere else. Um, and then same thing with with marketing to customers and trying to get customers in. It's it's figuring out, uh, you know, where are you going to be able to pull people from? There's some pockets of, uh, of cities and areas where it's, it's really hard to make them come over here. Um, and you kind of have to look at that and kind of learn like, Hey, people from this area are just not going to do it. They're not going to come over here yeah. for, you know, whatever that reason is, but you can get them from over here. So, so you'll, you'll go out, you'll go out there. I think our biggest focus is always going to be our direct market. Um, you know, here in San Leandro and the, the little cities and towns around us and, and kind of keeping it there, um, because that's going to make it easier to get them to come here and it's they're probably going to come back for service right yeah, and i think if you, if you want a healthy yeah. dealership um it's not just necessarily this one cell but uh, you know how do you get them keep coming back keep coming yeah. back for service doing your oil changes here thinking of us first when when something big happens that you need maintenance or or repairs done um so that's always going to be our our number one priority is making sure that that we own our local market that we own our local area um, and then you start kind of spreading out and seeing where you can get incremental business from. Yeah. So one of the things that, uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the things you mentioned earlier that I'm also curious about is, uh, you know, kind of how much you put into the car and, and getting the recon work into the service department. And that helps the whole store. Um, and it's, it stuck with me because in a lot of conversations I've had, um, one of the biggest, complaints is the wrong word, but hurdles, I guess, for uh, appraising a vehicle is kind of lack of visibility into the actual recon cost, right? So, all right, yep, it's going to need, it's going to need four tires. Uh, it's a thousand bucks or whatever, right? Um, but is it a thousand bucks or is it 1500? And, <laughs> and that, that lack of, lack of visibility seems to consistently be a hurdle that, that has to be overcome and different people handle it different ways. So, I'm curious for you and your team when you're uh, appraising a trade, especially, um, and you're looking at work that needs done on the vehicle. Um, how do you manage that? Is that a struggle for you guys? And if so, kind of how do you work through it? Um, I, I think it goes back to what I was talking about earlier: is just constant communication. Um, I, we're pretty open with um, with our service uh, uh, repair orders. Um, when they go to the cars, we connect them right to the cars. So when a sales when a sales manager's working the deal and he's looking at the car, he can see exactly what we did. So he can pull up, hey, you know, we did brakes on this car, we did rotors on this car, we did tires on this car. So we had to put in, you know, $2,500 worth of work into this car. So, and when we appraised it, we thought, eh, maybe we need tires, but they're kind of borderline. So we didn't, we didn't appraise it well, right? Right. Um, 
so that next time when they are going to to appraise that other car, right? And they're and one of the things that we say is always take it for a drive around the block. Always when you're doing your appraisals, don't just sit there and kind of look at it and be like, yeah, that car doesn't look too bad. I think it's fine, <laughs> right? Get in the car, turn it on. Even if you're driving around our back lot, something so where you can kind of feel it and make sure that you're getting a real good feel for it. And then I think the sales managers take a little bit more ownership of the car itself. Um, so then when it goes through the shop, if they miss something and the shop comes back and goes, oh, yeah, you know, the, the brakes were squeaking really bad. They go, oh, you know, I, I can't believe I missed that. They kind of take ownership of it so that next time they're they're kind of keeping an eye out for that. They don't want to miss it again. They don't want right. to um, be the guy that's, you know, two grand off on his appraisal because he didn't keep a close eye on it. Right. And they kind of they kind of compete a little bit and kind of look at it and try to be right on target. Right. Um and, you know, there's always going to be some things that there's no way you're going to know, right? Yeah. Uh, it'll get back in the shop and and the tech will be like, oh, yeah, this is about to go out. But there's no way a sales manager could have done that in a quick, you know, appraisal and drive around the lot. There's no way they're going to catch it. And that's going to happen. Um, but I think be always being open, always letting them see the repair orders, always letting them see what happens. I think it, it does two things. One, it makes it so that they're confident in our shop and what we're doing. So if a customer comes and says, hey, you know, I think there's something wrong with this car, they go out and they tell people, no, I, I know my used car tech. I, I know what he does with the car. I know what he looks for. I know how good he is. I know this car's fine. Um, yeah. and, and I know we did that and they'll print the repair order and they'll show them, look, you know, we did this, we did that, we did this, we did that. And they have a lot of confidence in their used cars when they're selling them. It makes, it makes the, uh, the salespeople more confident, it makes the sales manager more confident. Um, and I think it leads to to more deals. I think I, I think yeah. that that conviction really helps them when they're talking to customers. Yeah, I don't know how it couldn't. That, no, that's great. That's a great <laughs> way to handle it. Um, all right, well, Jose, I, I want to be super respectful of your time. While while I have you, though, I got to ask. So, are you a um, by chance a baseball fan? Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, I am. All right. So you know it's January right now, and, and pitchers and catchers are going to report here in a month or so. And uh, I had to get your your opinion because I saw this a couple months ago. You know, with the A's moving oh. to uh, to Vegas, and and I You're just I, turning you know, the knife at me. No, I've been to, so I've been to the Coliseum <laughs> once, and honestly, it was one of the most fun baseball experiences that that I had. It was a blast. We sat out and uh, sat out in right field and had just a, a great day at the ballpark. Um, and so when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, that stinks!" But uh, you know, what's your what's your what's your take on it? Are you going to stay stay an Ace fan? And, and oh, uh... <laughs> it, it, so so I grew up in Oakland. Um, I've lived here my entire life, yeah. um, and I've been an Ace fan for as long as I can remember. Um, I was going to Ace games and sitting up in the third deck in nosebleed seats when I was little, and um and i've played baseball you know in little league and then in high school and i i love baseball I love baseball and um i know a lot of people outside of oakland think the coliseum is a horrible horrible stadium but the atmosphere you get in there you just get baseball fans you just yeah. get people who know the game who understand what's going on and everybody cheers at the same time everybody's groans at the same time because everybody understands uh the game right um yep. and i and i've been lucky and i got to see when they were really really good in the late 80s and when they got good again in the early 2000s um and it's it's unfortunate that 
that the city of Oakland uh, and, and the ownership couldn't figure something out because I think that that they're going to regret moving out of Oakland. Yeah. Um, but you know that's that's life, right? It, it's just it's just what it is. And as far as whether I'll stay an Ace fan, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, part of me says I will because it's hard to give up uh, something that you you know I'm 45, so 45 right. years worth of of cheering on the A's uh, is, is hard to let go. Um, yeah. But it's also hard to cheer for somebody who just ripped your heart out and said, yeah, we don't like you anymore and we're getting out. <laughs> yeah, but what's harder, cheering cheering for them or cheering for the Giants, you know? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> – oh, that, that's that's very hard, very hard. <laughs> you you kind of get a chip on your shoulder being an A's fan with the Giants across the bay and you're kind of the kind of – the the stepchild or the you know the the little brother that nobody really cares about um so you you definitely don't want to be a giants fan let me tell you <laughs> nothing worse than those when they play against each other and you see those fans with the half a's half giants caps on oh yeah that's the worst <laughs> <laughs> oh good stuff all right well jose it's been uh, really fun chatting with you i appreciate you taking time is there anything else that uh, you want to touch on before we hop out of here um no i i think I think you did a great job covering everything and just excited to see what uh, what this market's going to turn into over the next year, two years, three years. This is yeah. definitely not going to be where it was. That's right. No, it'll be a fun be a fun ride. So thank you very much for sharing so much with us. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity. Well, it was a really fun conversation with Jose Mendoza, general manager at San Leandro Honda out in San Leandro, California. Uh, love his his take on a lot of things, but we certainly got into used vehicles uh, quite a bit. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, don't forget, before we hop off, you can watch or listen to all episodes of Connected on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify podcasts. And make sure to hit subscribe so you're notified every other week when new episodes are released. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in two weeks.